Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Just silent. Gil was telling a joke right before we, we cut to us. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to another Toonami pre-flight, our last of the countdown era oh pre-flights. yeah last countdown pre-flight hope you guys are liking countdown as much as we enjoyed making it yeah and watching it i would say uh the descriptions i've seen from fans people seem to be mostly into it a couple of people are like meh timey wimey which is a doctor who reference yeah. which immediately indicates they're uber nerds to me yeah, I can't. and I'm an Uber nerd since I know I know the reverence. Yeah, I like Doctor Who, but I can't ever not think of the Simpsons comic book guy with the barrel full of <laughs> yeah. wheelbarrow full of tacos, saying this should provide adequate sustenance for the Doctor <laughs> Who marathon. Um, so this this week marks our first, the beginning of our sort of end of the year uh, coverage, if you want to call it that, at Tsunami Preflight. It's a retrospective on all things. <laughs> Not media. So uh, we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks our favorite whatevers of the year as the year winds to a close. It's going to be specific episode to episode. It won't and just be our favorite whatever. whatevers. Uh, and this week's episode is going to be about a subject that's near and dear to both of our hearts, sure. and that's our favorite video games of 2017 so far. Jason, um, what's your favorite video game of 2017 <laughs> so far? So we're not going to talk about um, any movies from our anime list until after the new year. This is the rest of the year is just yeah. going to be favorite whatevers that you guys will all participate in, of course. Um, so if the only reason you watch is for our scintillating discussion, <laughs> you're out of luck. You're shit out of luck, Bubba. Anime movies. Um, so we'll see you next year. So yeah, Gil and I are uh, longtime gamers. I think at this point on Toonami, we've done. At least 100 video game reviews. Yeah, I think we've done almost 100 just since we've been back. Yeah, so... Dennis has been very busy in the yeah. West Coast office. I like that um, occasional Toonami fans, longtime watchers, will be like, Oh, cool! I didn't know you guys did game reviews, even now, like, 20 years later. I wonder what the number um, is. We, uh, we've always reviewed video games, though, and that's because um, the people at Toonami, a lot of us play video games, and we just felt like something that ties into sort of anime. It's a lifestyle brand. Yeah, this is what we want to do. So uh, we also have a video game streaming show that Gil and I host called Game Humpers um, that some of you will know about. It's either right before or right after pre-flight. Yeah. I don't remember. So my point is we know a lot about games because we're game nerds. Um, so I'll kick off my list. We each picked five. So I'm going to talk about my five favorite I was wrong. We've only done 50 since we've been oh, back. But oh, 163, if the internet is to be believed, wow, video game reviews in totality. That feels right. Totality. We achieved totality. Um, so first up for me is pr- probably almost one of everyone's favorite games who plays video games this year. And that is, of course, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. A lot of people's games who don't play video games. For, yeah, for the Nintendo uh, Switch. We should paint a wall in our office That's a with dope that mural. picture, yeah. Um, so the Nintendo Switch is Nintendo's newest uh, piece of hardware, and they launched with 
a couple games. They launched with a Mario Kart Deluxe, which was super fun. Um, yeah. But it's basically the same if you game. Played the last Mario Kart. It's, it's almost exactly exactly the same. the same. Yeah. But if you haven't, it's super fun. And uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild was their big launch title, and it got a ton of press and a ton of acclaim. It's the first sort of open world Zelda game. Um, I mean, the the Wind Waker was somewhat of an open world game, so it's not completely dissimilar to that game but it's it's more like a modern open world game where it's just a huge landscape and you're wandering around and there's a billion trillion things to do um there's an overall storyline and some stuff you can do but there's also a billion little side quests and fun things and it really feels like a a rich well thought out world it's somewhat of a tune shaded um look uh, kind of like The Wind Waker, which was my previous one of my favorite Zelda games. Um, and then they've kind of refined that a little bit, I think. And, made, you know, he looks less kitty. He looks like the Link that yeah. we know. Um, so let's check out. I think I have a, a trailer, a launch trailer, a clip or something. I don't know what I pulled this, but let's watch it, whatever it is. Sweet. Hey, Sarah, aren't you done with Breath of the Wild? You can't be done with Breath of the Wild. It's too big. Well, I finished the story, got all the shrines, finished most of the side quests. I feel like I'm done. Well, you're not. Tom and I are talking about the new Zelda game, Breath of the Wild. It takes Link off in some new directions, literally. You can go anywhere and climb anything as long as you have enough stamina. And as long as it isn't raining. The rain is so annoying in this game. But it makes it feel like a world, which is what's so great about this game. It's so fun just walking around with Link and exploring. You can find shrines and hidden quests. But the downside is oftentimes you don't know where you're supposed to go. Most of the time it just highlights the quest giver, which just leaves you for a loss. But for the most part, the game is great. Except for the inventory management really blows. Now you're just trying to find faults. No, I'm not. Super clunky. But you had fun, right? Oh, yeah. Super great. I just don't think it's the best game ever. Do you think it's the best Zelda game ever? I guess I'll tell you when I'm done. Breath of the Wild for the Nintendo Switch and Wii U. Come on, for the Switch. Gets a 9 out of 10. Now we just need the DLC to drop. You haven't picked up all the Korok seeds. Yeah, because there's 900 of them. You want to play my game for a bit? Yes, please. Or maybe I'll just start my game over. So, Gil, you... People thought that Wii U line was... Yeah. You wrote that review. I did. And And you were kind of trying to get at the heart of how... It's a great game, but there are some frustrating things about it. But even though you're complaining about it, you're still playing the ever-loving shit out of it, which is a... I mean, I... That's a very Gil phenomenon. For me, definitely, like, the better the game is, the more... For it to be considered, for me, the best ever... Look at my pulsing... Look at my pulsating arms with the... It's because you're so... I'm so jacked! Um... For it to be the best game ever, there's pretty much got to be nothing wrong with it, and... There, are a lot of those things were the issues I had. Like if you make a whole game around your shit always breaks, you should be able to switch out your stuff more easily. Like it's not unforgivable by any means, but it's yeah. annoying. And there's a bunch of annoying stuff. What people I think loved the most about this game is just being Link and wandering the Earth slash Hyrule. But I don't want to play this game for the rest of my life. Just sort of mm-hmm. discovering all the great things that are. <laughs> around yeah i mean i played the shit out of it yeah i think i ended up liking it 
slightly more than you did, which is unusual because I'm usually more of the anti-hype person. But um, And I did think the inventory management was definitely annoying, but it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. The same with the rain or the getting hit by lightning. God, or, like that. all that stuff. The lightning wasn't that big a deal once I figured out you had to take off your metal, which yeah. is kind of dumb, but whatever. It all, But all that stuff drove you crazy, and it was sort of barely a minor annoyance for me. Like I, I just really had a great time with the game wandering around Hyrule. And for me, I played... I mean, I, I did pretty much everything you can do in the game except collect all 900 Korok seeds. Cause I thought about doing that. Even I'm not that crazy. I thought about doing it, too. And then once the enormity of that yeah. task really, I was like... Mm. When I realized that I'd done everything else and I still didn't even have 100 Korok yeah. seeds and I didn't need to play the game anymore and had all the upgrades that you possibly could want, yeah. I was like, eh, I'm done. Yeah, so for me, um, I think it ends up being, so far anyway... Um, my favorite game of the year. Just it's it's definitely one of my top two or three, if not the number one. Yeah. But what I was gonna say is, people thought that we were talking shit about the Wii U there because I guess they think we were talking shit about the Wii U before. But it really was more to emphasize that it was a launch game for the Switch. Well, I mean, it did. It, it did. In fairness, it did kind of sound like you were like, "Please, yeah. come on, no one gives a shit about the Wii U." And I will say, for those of you watching. I don't give a shit about the Wii U, and I'm I mean, fine with it being a diss of the Wii U. It wasn't meant to be, but... The Wii U sucks. Based on... That's why there's already a Switch. Based on the sales yeah, figures. Yeah, it's way better. No one does care about that. Um, so that, that wasn't the point. So that's my, my number one. And the rest of these... What? Are these in order? I didn't no, order mine. the rest of these choices are just um, games I really liked. But the, the, so far, Breath of the Wild is my number one. Um up next is a game I played the ever-loving shit out of, and you also complained a lot about, but played the ever-loving shit out of, and that is Uncharted The Lost Legacy, which could kind of be Uncharted 4.5, I guess is what you would call it. Or yeah, the extent, the epilogue. So Uncharted The Lost Legacy is a spinoff of Uncharted, which the last year, the last Uncharted game, Uncharted 4, came out and was an amazing game. Um, and this is a spinoff featuring two female characters that have been in different Uncharted games. Um, uh, Chloe, who was in Uncharted 2 and then sort of made an appearance in Uncharted 3, and then Nadine, who was actually a bad guy or a, a, a bad person, mm -hmm. a villainess um, in Uncharted 4. And they are thrown together to have an adventure. And it's almost as long as... I mean, Uncharted 4 is really long, so this is probably two-thirds of the length of that. but Because you played all of the Uncharted games leading up yeah, to this. Yeah, leading up to this, I played the Uncharted collection. So I played the remastered Uncharted's 1 through 3 on the hardest difficulty. Then I played re then I played Uncharted 4 again on the hardest difficulty because I played it on regular. And then I played this on... I know. Then I played this on the hardest difficulty. And I really liked it. I had a, I had a great time with it. And I think playing it on hard was perfect for me because it made it last longer um, and I had to develop strategies for stuff and it just was there you know as with all of their games Naughty Dog's games the characterizations were amazing the voice acting was great it looked dynamite yeah uh, I mean my problems with these games weren't real problems it was just like oh yeah sure that guy can see me from over there like it was just complaining about your, none of your problems are real problems being playing it on the hardest setting 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the Gil move. I'm gonna play the hardest possible setting and then bitch the whole time about how hard it is. <laughs> but it's a play mechanism. It. Yeah, you're a crazy person. Um, so we also did a review for this game, and I think you wrote this review. Dennis too? wrote this. Dennis, Dennis is the one who really did. Dennis like it. does the bulk of our video game reviews. He wrote. He gave it a pretty not great rating, and his review was really weird. And we were like, "What are you doing?" No. And, but he really didn't. He thought it was just eh. fine. Yeah, yeah. He played it on easy too, which I think it's a totally different game. Um, so let's check out Dennis's review, which somewhat represents how we feel and somewhat doesn't. Just when I thought the Uncharted series was done and dusted, along comes the Lost Legacy. This time around, two badass women have taken up Drake's mantle and set off to find a sacred tusk. While searching the remote mountains of India, you'll find yourself in some familiar scenarios, taking down bad guys, solving puzzles, and even a bit of lockpicking. You'll also come to find that Chloe and Nadine have a pretty complex relationship. They're not quite besties, but together, they sure can hold their own. On the downside, there's not much new going on here besides a good story. But I'm always down for a treasure hunt, and the way these ladies handle one is pretty pain. Uncharted The Lost Legacy has it all. Epic scenery, gripping action sequences, and two times the femmes fatale. If you loved Uncharted 4, this one's for you. We give it an 8 out of 10. Ladies first. I probably would rate it higher, but we do our ratings sort of as a group. <laughs> Look at that freeze frame. Nice work, Sean. Yeah, I mean, I would say eight and a half, which is why all our games are always eight and a half. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to be reasonable. It's very rare that a game is perfect. Um, but yeah, I think it was a well-reviewed game, too. Um, and as far as DLC, it's one of the better DLCs I've ever played. Like, yeah. It's basically a new game unto itself. Um, so yeah, I uh, and you played the whole thing on the hardest setting. Crushing. Too, right? Crushing, yeah. crushing difficulty. Um, we spent a couple Game Humpers episodes on both yours and my crushing difficulty versions of the yeah, game. Yeah, one probably, one fight. Yeah, in particular. No, I mean just like whatever <laughs> yeah, fight it happened thing. to be the whole hour. Um, and then next up for me is a game that's probably no one else's. I mean, no it's professional mine. reviewer. Top. We are professional game reviewers, <laughs> yeah. and it was on my list. Um, and for it's, me... When I was looking, it was on several people's lists oh, was just it? to okay. see... Because I, sometimes I think like, oh, that game was last year because yeah. I just blew through it in February, which yeah. feels like a million, two years yeah, ago. Yeah, forever ago. Um, but it was on some people. So um, I'm talk, we're talking about Sniper Elite 4. Which, which is, we really should have done a Toonami review for. Which is a game in which you are a, it occurs during World War II, the whole series does, and you are a U.S. sniper who's dropped into enemy territory and basically you have some objectives to do. It's somewhat, they've changed the, from the last Sniper Elite where it was almost more of a story mission driven thing. This time it, there are missions, but it's a huge, you're dropped into a huge open world map and there's a whole bunch of stuff for you to do as well as your missions. For me and for Gil, my mission as far as I was concerned was to kill every single Nazi on the map where humanly possible. Yes. So I ended up playing it uh, not the highest difficulty setting because the highest difficulty setting in Sniper Elite 4 is kind of boring because it makes it so you're like you have to it's almost too realistic you have to be like okay the wind like, it's like you know. a super realistic goofy game which yeah, is like a strange stupid. combination so uh, I changed the setting so it was as hard as it could be without being this stupid realism thing that I'm not interested in and the best feature of this game and the one that seems to turn a lot of people off 
and definitely not me, yeah. is that when you shoot someone and you do a really good job, they will show you an x-ray in slow-mo of the person's face getting blown off or, or wherever you their guts or their nuts or wherever you hit them. I actually and turned mine up to happen <laughs> yeah, more I often. I turned it up so it happened every time I shot someone. It was pretty great. Um, to where when it didn't happen, I was like, what the f- Yeah. And they had a couple DLC things and there's a multiplayer one. I tried the multiplayer. I couldn't really work it out. It's just like people trying to snipe each other. It's a kind of a boring multiplayer experience. And the horde mode is the same kind of thing where yeah. it's just not really the game. The game is more don't be seen either have a silence gun or create some sort of noise, noise thing or wait for rifle. a plane to fly over or a gun to shoot and then kill everybody at least for me yeah my favorite moment was there's a hitler <laughs> expansion so i killed everybody in the whole base including hitler and i picked his body up and carried it and i just wanted to bring it with me to the exfiltration <laughs> but they make you jump out of a window at the very end and they wouldn't let you throw him out you could throw him out but then you had to climb up on the next thing so I had to leave Hitler behind. I wanted to You're, nail him up on my mantle or make a uh, Hitler rug out of him. Or something. Yeah, I played the Hitler level, and ki- I just basically killed Hitler last. I came up behind him with a shotgun and lights out. But um, So there have been a couple uh, DLCs for it, and it was super fun. By far the best Sniper Elite game to come out so far, and I hope they make more of them. But uh, I think I have a gameplay trailer for this just to sort of show you guys what it looks like. Uh, it makes me laugh just watching it, and the fact they released it on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if you're like, Given my, I mean, I don't know why you would play this game if you don't like violence and the idea of killing Nazis. I don't know what you're doing playing this game, but I do. So or, for me, yeah, it was. I don't great. think I ever used the Thompson at all. No, I never used a machine gun. I um, had a shotgun, but I yeah. rarely. I use the shotgun. I like to creep up on the other snipers and shoot them with the shotgun, <laughs> just to let them know. 
Um, and then next up, I think, will be somewhat of a controversial choice, at least in our two-person um, scenario. And that is the newest um, Shadow of Mordor game, Middle-Earth Shadow of War. What are you doing? That uh, Gil had, I had some problems with, for sure, and Gil had even bigger problems with. We had the same problem. We just, just chose to deal just, with it you in just different cared. ways. You, you just cared enough to not play anymore, and I didn't. Um, so basically, I really liked the last uh, Shadow of Mordor game. Um, I thought it was a really good open world sort of Assassin's Creed ripoff, really. Yeah, it was great. Um, and what they did with this one was they tried to plus it up and make it feel more epic. And I think they... And snatch all the money. Yeah, they... They kind of blew it because obviously this game has received a lot of flack for all of its microtransaction stuff. Um, and in and in fairness, I mean, yeah, and in fairness, they deserve that flack because it's a great game. But in order to really play the full game, you have to either spend hundreds of hours or dollars. hundreds of dollars. I chose hundreds of dollars because I don't have hundreds of hours, but. Basically, the the game gets to a certain point where you are raising armies and assaulting um, fortresses and or defending fortresses. And the way you're doing that is by basically creating your own army of, you know, captains or of orc captains that you're brainwashing. And if you didn't have money, you would have to take them to the fighting pits and have them fight over and over and over until they leveled up. It's a fight till they leveled up enough, which you just watch, which (laughs) you watch. And, and you can't yeah. do more than one at a time, and you can't do more than a level or two at a time. And the only way to get around that is to go to the in-game store and spend real money to get in-game credits, which will then allow you to get a loot box, which will then allow you to get randomized numbers of epic uh, orc captains. Yeah. So I did sort of a mix of the two. I played a ton. I mean, I literally did everything you can do in the game. And even then, still didn't have what I needed to do the last. I did so- everything except for the siege mode. And I was level 52 or 3 probably yeah. at the end. And that was doing double XP yeah, or 100% um, wearing, boost or whatever yeah. else. All my stuff, I had all level six gems or whatever the final thing was, and I had it for the XP boost. And even then, I still wasn't capped out at 60. And it wouldn't be a big deal if you could capture people who were above your level. Yeah. But the fact that... But even then, but even then, beyond all of that, the real issue that everyone has, and I agree, is that you only see the ending of the story, which is a totally story-based game. It's an open-world game, but it's very story-based. You only see the end if you do 10 levels of siege mode. So basically, the game, the basic storyline ends, and then they're like, okay... And it ends on a and complete they call it cliffhanger. Act four is the yeah. final. So siege Act mode Four thing. is the siege mode, and that's ten levels where you do nothing but manage these captains and assault fortresses and defend against other assaults. And it's way more tedious than the actual game it, Which itself. Which is the second time you do all of that. Right. The first time you do it, you're staffing all these castles, and so they're staffed with whatever level you were around yeah. at the time. So if you were 15 when you did the first one, there's anywhere from 12 to 18 level guys probably. So then when you go back and you're 58 or 60, yep. you're fighting level 60 guys with level 12 guys. Yeah. Um, this. So anyway, we're drilling down quite a bit. But anyway, um, Siege Mode takes forever. So it was probably an additional 15, 20 hours of yeah. literally I just I feel like this it was activity. another week. And I got 
I got mad because I wanted to know the ending of the game, so I was like, I'm going to just play it and find out the ending, and I didn't want to go on YouTube, so I did it. I did all of it. I went on Nextdoor Tube and watched <laughs> yeah. Jason. Um, and, but I did get to see the real ending, and I will say, unfortunately, I wish they hadn't done that because I like the ending. The way the game ended is cool. Like yeah. All the reviews of the game are like, oh, it seems so f- messed up that you're you know, sl- enslaving these orcs. It seems like it's a fucked up thing to do, and it's like, yeah, and the, the ending kind of makes that point in a really cool way. Yeah, they play not even fast and loose. They're just making up shit. Tolkien lore. Yeah, wise. I mean that's it's the a, other thing. It's as a huge a, fanfic. As a yeah, game. as a Tolkien nerd, there's some stuff I am not cool with. But like generally, but within I, their storyline, okay. the ending is cool and makes sense within the larger. I mean, ba- I feel framework. like they had the game laid out, and then some marketing or business affairs person stepped in and made them do this stupid breaking up of the of the ending with adding these modes just so and they could I wouldn't make have more even cash. had a problem with the ending being after doing the siege mode if it wasn't such a tremendously huge Slog. non-game well, they kind of know pain in the ass. I mean they kind of know what they're doing they're, they're they yeah. know that you're not going to that's if most people If all it people, was was do the same thing you did yeah. again I wouldn't have right. a problem with it and I wouldn't I don't necessarily have a problem with microtransactions in general yeah. as long as there's another way to do it in the game without it taking for fucking ever right. which is what this game was So I and that's what people are saying the new Star Wars Battlefront game does with some of their big name characters like Darth Vader they put it behind effectively it's behind a paywall unless you want to spend hundreds of hours and so people are they may adjust that so I mean it's an increasing issue in games this game got a lot of positive reviews and then got a lot of negative reviews which were surprisingly about the whole making slaves of orc thing which I feel like uh, you know what the last game was so don't play it orcs rights doesn't feel like a thing fuck a bunch of orcs but anyway so I liked it a lot I had fun um, I had fun, even though I'm glad I, I wish they hadn't done cashed that. out yeah. when I did. So beware if you play that game. And then finally, my final choice is a game that Gil and I both. Pl- oh well, sorry, I forgot. I have a. Yeah, we talk so much. We'll just yeah, it. we'll just skip the trailer for this one. I think this is probably the best known game we've talked about next to Zelda. Um, Wait, you, Zelda? Am I saying that right? <laughs> so uh, next up is a game that's probably not going to be on anyone else's best of list, but Gil's, and that is. XCOM 2 War of the Chosen, which is really an add-on slash mod for XCOM, which came out last year. Um, so the newest XCOM game, XCOM game came out last year and maybe even earlier than that on PC. Yeah. And then there was a mod and they called it Endless War. And then that was, a, I think, a fan mod. Then they turned that fan mod into this specialized mode of XCOM. So it's almost like replaying the original XCOM, but they've added a whole bunch more gameplay elements and story elements, and they've subtracted the two add-ons from last time. Not, not entirely, because you still you don't do the Shen's Gift mission, but you can still build Sparks. And you don't and do you, the commander's you, mission. You don't do... You you do the... You see the... Um, Serpent The King. leaders, yeah. but you don't track them down, yeah. so they're holding up the fortresses. Yeah. But you still get like the Shadowcaster and the Gills. whatever the Boltcaster and the Shadow gun. I like this game. Gil's going deep into the nerd already. Um, so anyway, these three guys you're seeing behind us are the chosen. So the new plot line is based around these three uh, evil aliens that you're hunting down. This guy's easy to kill. <laughs> she was the hardest, and even still, she, I didn't really have a problem quickly um, with her. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I had heard this was coming out. 
and was super excited about it because I love a good strategy, tactical strategy game. Um, and I love how you can build your own guys. And I, we may try to insert a photo here, but I made a whole team. Gil made a whole team of built all of characters from the Alien movies. Mm-hmm. And so Hicks and Hudson and, you know, all the Alien characters. I made one. I'm a big fan of the um, comedian Father Guido Sarducci, who was big in the 70s. He was an Italian priest comedian. Uh, most of you children will not have heard of him, but I love him. So I made a whole family of Guido Sarducci's. Uh, I made grandkids. American it started offshoots. with grand grand. It started with grandparents and worked its way back with American offshoots who were called the uh, Squaduches because Squadouche means nothing bullshit um, in Italian. So the Squadouches were the American offshoot, um, and I had a blast because you make your own guys, and every fight you watch your own guys sort of do well or not. Uh, and I played it on. The harder difficulty setting. Gil just finished it on this difficulty setting called Iron Man, Mm -hmm. which you only are allowed one save and you just whatever happens, happens, which if you played XCOM, you know, that's a that's a scary idea because your guys die a lot. I lost Vasquez. It was a sad day. (laughs) And I lost two iterations of Bishop, but the third Bishop I'd really learned some lessons so let's so, so let's uh I, we have a, a gameplay trailer for XCOM 2 War of the Chosen if you want to see what it looks like you're not supposed to be here at last a true battle resistance groups that we consider a legitimate threat to Advent. Together, they'd make one hell of a fighting force. Too bad they hate each other. So, you do exist. They were sent here to purge the lost. You are safe here. That's more of a storyline trailer, actually. Yeah. Less game. The gameplay is like isometric, top down kind of. Um, but if you like strategy games at all, it's worth checking out. There's a it's ton of pretty crazy glitchy. It's super glitchy, but it's still too awesome not to play. Crashes less often than it did. <laughs> yeah. It has. I mean, it's too. probably it's a PC game. It's probably best to it's play on borderline PC. unplayable on the console. Yeah, and I fucking loved it. Yeah. So those are five. My kind of my top five. Nice. Well done. Thank you. I agree with almost all of them to a certain extent. Uh, first Ringing for me, endorsement if there ever was one. 
and this is probably my favorite game this year, and that's Horizon Zero Dawn from Guerrilla Games, the Killzone people. Um, we did a tsunami thing for this back when it, right before it launched, uh, uh, to try to show people. Oh, we did a tie-in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we did a game review for it, and we did some one man's trash. A couple of one man's trash. I guess we didn't, do a, we didn't do a game review for it. We did a because um, we did the we did launch. A, we did a one man's I trash. Did, yeah, two one man's trash, and I'm working on potentially a third. <laughs> and then uh, right now I'm playing the uh, Frozen Wilds. Expansion. On my expansion that just came out two weeks ago, last week. Last week. Um, but my game is my new game plus ultra hard that I did one man's trash on, and it is so insanely hard on the new difficulty. We'll see how that goes, but still enjoying it quite a bit. Um, so this is, I think, this is a trailer for the Story. the meat of the game, the original launch trailer. So let's check this out. The massacre was only the beginning. Who did this to us? Who attacked the tribe? All we can do is pray to the goddess. No. Praying won't save us. We have to find the killers. So you will have to leave the sacred land. Where the trail leads, I will go. Aloy of the Nora, what brings you to Meridian? There's a threat to us all. Men in masks, raising up ancient machines. And I've seen their leader. From the depths, I will raise an army. A storm of shadows to take back what's ours. What's it doing to them? Taking control. You can see the corruption coming off them like smoke. You've come a long way since the Citadel, Aloy. Who are you? An interested party. Braves, to Aloy's side, now! So it comes to this. What is it? The end. Or how it begins, anyway. There's so much more to discover before the world ends. Or that spot ends weirdly. <laughs> um... This is a, if you haven't played it, is a post-apocalyptic sort of future primitive world. Um, and the world is really cool. It looks amazing. Uh, the gameplay is fun. You get to hump some gear and some skill trees, and I'm always a fan of that. Um, and it's there's a ton of different stuff to do. So it's super fun. Yeah. I would recommend not playing the Frozen <laughs> Wilds on Ultra Hard. <laughs> and instead, keeping your original—that's what I'm going to save do. from finishing the game. So instead um, of being like, don't need that one so anymore. I, so I played this game a lot to the point where Gil kept having to change his one man's trash because I was doing 
you kept doing all the collect all I kept the things. Do, I was doing as much as he was going to do. And one man's trash, the whole point is to go the extra mile into something very few people would ever do. Yeah. Um, so we both, I, I missed one mission, one side mission. Other than that, we did the same amount of everything. It's and then not you, doing everything, is it? Oh, man, I know. And then we started over. Well, unlike you, I didn't want to write it all down and all that stuff that you always do. Um, at a certain point, life happens. Yeah. I um, like where you draw the life happens line just uh, wherever you want. So. No, it's no, literally, I think anyone, if I would ask them the level at which you start keeping lists and writing shit down, that's and not tables. It. I didn't keep any lists for this. You, that was you, you did for, I don't think so. yeah, you did not for this locations. One. No, no, you're thinking of um, Zelda. That's where uh, I had the map, yeah, and sorry. I had uh. <laughs> A paint sharpie yeah. that I was. That's track usually my life happens line. Yeah, and I think that's totally fair. Um, but I really like this game. I think it didn't really get enough credit for creating a world with a whole bunch of different characters across all races and creeds. Yeah. And it didn't. They created a whole world, and they you could see that there's an influence of stuff like Aztec influence, and but and there's, no, there's no there's no like about brave that they're, they're using the word brave. Yeah. Um, um, but I think generally they, they definitely did. went way out of their way to try to make a super an original, original world. Right. And one that includes elements of our world without strict appropriation. Yeah. And I think they didn't get enough credit for doing a good job of that because not enough game companies are trying to do that. And it's not like they were like, like us because of this. But and they just a made a really great good single game. player game that yeah, which, requires very little microtransactions. Yeah, which they don't really do anymore. Um, second for me is a game that uh, we also played on Game Humpers that Jason liked for the first 95 seconds and then instantly wrote off, and that is Prey. I wouldn't say instantly. We played it for an hour. No, I mean, if there was a point where you're like, no, nah, this isn't for me. Probably 20 minutes in, yeah. Um, but I really like this game. I played it a couple of times. There's a story element that I won't totally spoil if you haven't played it, um, but you play as Morgan, you and your brother is running this Talos One space station, and you learn very quickly that some level of aliens have taken over the space station and shit all falls apart. So you have to... There's a storyline that you're going to... You basically have to fix the space station, and there's a lot of different branching things, and you can pick different people and do different stuff. You can play it more stealthy. You can play it more action. You can hack stuff. There's a lot of different uh, ways to go about it. Um, but this is the what, yeah. But this is for the tsunami review for it. So let's check it out. I love a good survival horror game, and when I found out Prey took place in a space station to boot, I knew I was going to be down. You play as Morgan Yu, a scientist who's preparing to work on Talos One, a space station your brother runs. I know the test might seem a little unconventional, but it's a you family tradition. Pretty early on, you'll learn that not everything is what it seems. Talos has been taken over by an alien race called the Typhon. And it's your job to figure out what's going on. Hello, Morgan. Tough day, right? Pick up clues along the way and get neuromods to upgrade yourself in all kinds of ways. You can also 3D print pretty much anything you can find the plans for. Pick up enough old banana peels and dead typhon guts, and you'll be making shotgun shells and more upgrades in no time. If you're not careful, you will die a lot. Save often. It's tough to talk about the plot without ruining it, but you have a lot of choice on how people see Morgan. Morgan? I owe you one. It's all up to you. Hey, 
over here! Open this door! Please! Prey definitely has some flaws. Loading screens into basically more loading screens start to wear pretty thin. But if you like exploring a sometimes empty, sometimes incredibly full space station and piecing together a mystery, Prey might just be for you. We give it an 8 out of 10. It's all about who you trust. We need to get the arming keys and destroy Talos 1. And who you don't. Yeah, um, I never got around to trying it again after our Game Humpers because I just, every time I looked at it, I was like, eh. It's not, I, I didn't like the way it played at all. Yeah, you, I, f- I think I feel like you're, it was the gun mechanic. It felt like yeah. it was too heavy or it unwieldy. Did, yeah, it didn't it work for me at all. Um, but once you started, started upgrading your Morgan and chose a path, uh, it really took off. But I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, next for me is a game that I have not yet finished but i'm super enjoying right now pardon the pun and that is super mario odyssey um but it's very quickly becoming mario nipples favorites. yeah that's what that's the subtitle super mario, mario odyssey super mario, mario odyssey mario nipples. Nipples. <laughs> um and this is another open world mario game uh you are making your way through you have a big ship that you're trying to power up and you're finding these power moons that allow you to progress to other worlds and then you get to go back and the world has sort of changed and you can really super get down to the humping of Mario and finding the perfection. The one thing that bugs me about this because something always bugs me about every game is pretty much I don't want to have to do the Joy-Con motion control. I just want to have it work and be able to play but there's some moves that you have to do and even with the switch in its portable mode mm-hmm. um the gyroscope scope doesn't really do it you have to do the little you can't do it with the pro controller you have to do it with the little joy con controllers which like i get it you're really happy with your joy con but you have to play the whole game with the no, no no like there's just some, some section so the you're throwing mario's hat around yeah as the sort of driving force behind all the mo- behind everything so there's different moves so sometimes it's like to make an angle or to go get a power moon you can't do it with the pro controller or the the main switch you have to do it how often do you have to switch back and forth i mean if you're not trying to get everything you really don't need to but if you want to get all the power moons you didn't aren't there like several hundred yeah so and it's kind of the same like way rock seeds and it's i mean it's really more it's probably more analogous to the shrines for Zelda. And it's the same kind of thing where the worst part about Zelda was when you were trying to do the gyroscope tilt puzzle mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. it's just sucks and nobody wants to play their that, gimmicky but. bullshit that Nintendo likes to pull. Yeah. That's another way of putting it. But, um, this is a, something that I saw floating around a couple of different gaming websites. And this is somebody's, uh, love letter to super Mario Odyssey in, I think it's 200,000 148,777 dominoes. dominoes. Yeah, so give or take 53,000 dominoes. Um, we're not going to show you the whole thing. It's like four and a half minutes long, and we got shit to do. But this is the first like minute or so just uh, as a fun little thing. That's, that's crazy. That's pretty much how it plays. I wonder how many hours that took. Forever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't quite have the calm hand for that. <laughs> you got the Jimmy hands. The uh, yeah. So, how far along are you in the game? Uh, 
probably not quite halfway, but close. Um, you only played it on? Yeah. I started playing... I played it two weekends. I haven't played it at all. I really... I was looking forward to it, but the Joy-Con thing makes me go, mm, You don't I'll really... definitely play it. Yeah. For sure. It's Mario. I mean, come on. If you... You can definitely finish the game without having to mess with it. Um, you cool. just can't get every single Power eh, Moon... That's fine. ...to have to do. Uh, next for me is a game that I discovered from Jason during Game Humpers and immediately bought and then played the ever-living shit out of and that's Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun which was a PC game from the end of last year uh, but just came out on console this year and since we're not PC gamers it was yeah. new to us which is 2017 and it's from Mimimi a German uh, game company who uh, I then made a one man's trash of killing all the developers on every level. <laughs> My goal for this game when I first started playing was to kill everybody on every level and hide everybody and not be seen. Um, and it was going really well until you get to one place where it's just totally impossible to do. There's a you're basically hurt and you're understaffed and you're just trying to get from point A to point B and there's just too many people. And I tried forever and then ultimately decided it was just yeah impossible but this uh this game was super fun we made a tsunami review for it as well so let's check it out what you saw me from over there what a crock i saw you from where exactly tom no sorry not you this dude was evidently the greatest eyes in the world i'm playing shadow tactics blades of the shogun an Edo period real-time strategy game. Oh, I remember this. It was a PC game last year, right? Yeah, and it's just come out for consoles. How did that port over go? Eh, the camera's a little wonky and so are the controls. But the game is super fun. So is it all in Japanese? Doesn't have to be, but I thought it helped it feel more real. Hmm, I like it. Do you always have this same team? No, the story drives who you have on each mission. And everybody has different skills. Hayato is the all-around ninja, Mugen is the big samurai, Yuki is a budding ninja who can lure people into traps, Aiko is a master of disguise, and Takuma is an old man sniper with a pet tanuki you can distract people with. Aw, pet tanuki. You can even set them up to all do an action at the same time, so you can get past multiple people. So you're supposed to get in and out without being seen? Yep, so I make sure to kill everyone and hide their bodies without them knowing I'm there. Tom, sometimes I really worry about you. Thanks. <laughs> Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun gets an 8.5 out of 10. What did that guy ever do to you? He picked the wrong day to come to work. 8.5 out of 10 seems really high. Even <laughs> looking back on it. <laughs> I was thinking it should have been a 9. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> it's fun. I had a lot of fun. I, I liked it a lot. I played the shit out of it too. Um, and like Gil said, I was playing it before he was, but uh, it's too short, ultimately limited in its... I, I appreciate grading something on the curve of, like, does it do what it was trying to do really well? Like, that, I think, is still the most important metric by which to judge a piece of entertainment. But I still think it was a little too short and limited in scope for me to give it, like, an almost perfect. We'll stick with eight and a half, then. Um... And then last for me is Neo from Team Ninja, the pound yourself in the groin game of 2017. Uh, 
and I almost quit this game, I think, half a dozen different times. And then was like, okay, one more time. And it, for some reason, this game just spoke to me, where normally I don't like these types of it's borderline impossible, but you get through it, even though that seems like something that would be Seems like something you would alley. like, yeah. Um, I don't really mind doing things over and over again, obviously, but it's when you don't get any better and it's just sort of luck is kind of where I draw the line. So, And the fact that this was a kind of pre-Edo period Japan rise to the Tokugawa shogunate um, and you dealt with yokai spirits and all sorts of fun Japanese cultural uh, touch points, I think, added to it. So this is the frustrating Tom Toonami review for Neo. Tom, what you doing? I don't know what you're saying, but don't talk to me. Okay. What a crockish! Tom, are you okay? Yes, I'm just playing Neo. It's super annoying and hard. That sounds terrible. No, it's great. You play as a Scottish or Irish or something dude who's traveling around early Edo Japan to get your girlfriend or spirit animal or something back. Have you been paying attention to the story at all? Actually, yes. Well, now I am. In the beginning, I was too mad at the game. I was pretty sure I was going to quit anyway. Plus, it's mostly in Japanese with subtitles, so I've missed a few things. Clearly. It's from the folks who made Ninja Gaiden, and it's sort of like they had a baby with Dark Souls. Uh, didn't you rage quit Dark Souls? I'm really enjoying this game. Oh, what the hell is that? This does not seem like enjoyment. No, it, it really is. I don't think I've ever played a game that made me so genuinely happy to kill a boss. You actually feel like you've conquered something. I think you might need a break. Yes! Eat it, you cheap bastard! Seriously, it really is fun. Not perfect, and it gets repetitive by the end, but still super fun. I'd say an 8.5 out of 10. Tom, take a break just for a minute. Okay, I just want to finish this one side quest first. What? Two of those crow things at once? That is some bullshit. I agree with Tom's statement. That is some bullshit. Yeah, I don't like these kind of games, and that game did not look fun at all. And watching you play, I'm with Sarah. You did not look like you were enjoying playing that game at all. Yeah, most you were just angry literally the whole time, and and then I beat a boss, and it was super. People will come into your office, and you'll be like, "What do you want?" That uh, I don't know what you're saying, but uh, don't talk to me. I said to Sean about six different times when he came in to ask me work. In fairness, we say that to Sean anyway. Um. A lot and of it times, got the gill stamp of approval, the uh, 8.5 out of 10, yeah. the official gill rating. The, a lot of times, that's the official Toonami rating. Yeah. The um, I would A lot of times, the zero. Tom and Sarah reviews are, you have ample opportunity to influence these decisions at the I'm time. I'm just kidding. I didn't play it enough to really be able yeah. to judge. I just know it's not for me. Um, I'm smarter. A lot of the Tom and Sarah reviews revolve around conversations that either Jason and I had, or mm-hmm. I had with Dana, or other people around the office. Yeah. So that was, just helps it representative of, bring of conversations that happened around the, the Zelda review was very much conversations that Dan and I had. Yeah. Uh, so those are some of our favorite games of 2017 so far. Uh, Neo, not quite as difficult as Cuphead, but I still haven't finished Cuphead, so I haven't made up my mind. About I'm not finishing Cuphead. The love of that game. I love the way Cuphead looks um, design wise. I think it's probably the best 
looking coolest idea for a game this year, but they arbitrarily made it difficult in a way that I don't think I think they is, intentionally made Yeah, it but I think they did it in a way that it doesn't feel that tight to me. Like it feels tight, but if you're going it, it if you're going to make it super hard, you need to make it like Mario tight and it's not that tight. Yeah. That's my opinion. Other people may differ. Dennis just finished it and is doing a review, and I think Good. he differs. We'll, we'll see a review then. Yeah, I'm sure it's the usual, oh, my dad beat me for years, but he means well. The usual <laughs> broken down, <laughs> beat up review that Dennis and Gil will do. Sure. Um, so let's check out the uh, Adult Swim Facebook Top 5 Video Games of 2017. Persona 5, which I haven't played because it's going to be too damn long. Horizon Zero Dawn, Cuphead, Near Automata, which I think I do want to play. People have talked enough about that. I think I might play that one. Um, and then Super Mario Odyssey. So those are not surprising. Those yeah. You see those on a lot of lists. Let's take a look at the Toonami favorite video game picks of 2017. Super Mario Odyssey, Persona 5, Resident Evil 7, which a lot of people liked and I did not. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, which I haven't played yet, and Zelda Breath of the Wild. And you, Gil, didn't like Assassin's Creed. I only played it for the first 20 or 30 minutes or so, and I didn't like... It didn't But like Prey, me. you kind of knew, and eh, I don't know if this is for me. The uh, To me, it felt like a less tight, less polished Horizon Zero Dawn, and I realized I would rather just be playing just Horizon play Zero Dawn. Yeah, I'm- they changed the combat... To be more RPG like, uh, yeah, and it's and what I liked was, I really liked the combat style in the mm-hmm. previous games. They also changed the way you climb on things, and they seemingly to make it more organic, but it feels way less so yeah. for me, especially after playing Zelda, which is yeah, climb on anything anytime you want, and then after playing. Um, uh, Shadows of Mordor, which is jump off anything. It gets a little yeah. like it's hard to play. <laughs> yeah, a, a new sort of clunkier. Yeah, you know, I. I want to give it another shot, but it's not. It it's going to be. Great. It'll be for me like holidays because I. I usually take on those Assassin's Creed games when I have time off because um, I. I just had finished Shadow of War and it's a huge open world game and I didn't want to jump right into that. So, yeah. um, but I'm definitely going to play it. Um, so th- that's it for our talk about video games, uh, but we do have some sneak peeks for you. So first up, we're continuing our countdown coverage. Uh, so we're going to show you the previously on part two. We're going to re-show you episode three of Countdown, and then we're going to show you a sneak peek at episode four. The conclusion. Uh, which will be airing Saturday at 11 p.m. So let's check that out. Previously on Countdown. Where's Sarah? All around us. Sarah is the vindication now. Supercharged and on a mission to wipe out all organic life. Once she's refitted herself for maximum damage, she needs to destroy everyone, Tom. Everything. You have to stop her or we're all dead. Countdown continues now. I wish there was another way. Hope this works. I tried everything to save you, Sarah. But taking out the core is the only other way. Tom, please be fast enough. I don't know if I can live with it if I have to do this. On the plus side, I guess I won't live that long if I blow us all to hell. 
plan when I'm running for my life all the time. What in the hell happened to you, Sarah? Where do I even start? I could really use some help right now. Too bad the only one who's ever helped me has turned into a maniacal warship that's trying to destroy the universe and me with it. Can't help, Tom. Hey, buddy. Look a little rough there. Must destroy Sarah before... destroys all living... Yeah, you said that. But how? I don't know where to begin on this future vindication. I don't even know how I got here. Stole power from ship, from new Sarah. Boosted matter transponder to send me back to your time. Right. Of course. The real you is in my time with my Sarah. And because matter can't occupy the same space at the same time, I was sent here. So lucky. But wait, why did you need to go to my time? Unless... To blow up Sarah and the Vindication for... Become evil. Evil. Okay, but the point is, if I can fix things here first, you don't need to hurt Sarah in my time, right? How much time do I have? Timer set to detonate 24 hours. But time is relative, of course. Maybe I should have been writing some of this down. sadder. And I've switched places with your Tom. Hopefully temporarily. In the meantime, I need you to open this door. Why are you trying to destroy the drive core? What are you planning? Well, that's a long story. But we have a little time, so here goes. If this doesn't reveal a vulnerability, we're screwed. Systems. What? That shouldn't happen. Unless... Dear God. I gotta figure out some way to stop her. Saturday at 11 p.m. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. So we hope you guys are enjoying it. We hope you like the conclusion. We had a lot of fun making it. Shout out to everyone involved that helped and um, all the amazing writers and performers and visionary CGI folks that helped put it together. And about a year and a half, we'll have another really big one. Ish. Don't hold um, us to that camera. Yeah. Um, but it'll be a while, but we hope it'll be worth it. Um, and then we also have a promo for uh, our DBZ Kai Marathon, which is this Saturday night. Um, so let's check that out. Okay! Okay! Okay, let's begin, Majin Boo. That cold-blooded bastard! No! Ah! 
hurt. Who will eat every citizen on this town unless the three named Piccolo, Trunks, and Goten surrender immediately? He's got no heart at all. He'll pay. I'll make him pay. Come out, come out, wherever you are. The Dragon Ball Z Kai Marathon, next Saturday at 11. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. So catch up on your Kai, uh, or don't if you don't want to. And then please do. <laughs> and then uh, finally, we have a, a promo for Dragon Ball Super episode forty-two, which will be next Saturday night at eleven. Um, that's December second. So let's check that out. On the next all new episode of Dragon Ball Super. Monaka? What's he doing here? What are you doing working as a delivery man? All right. Listen up, peons. The truth about Monaka being a weakling must be something Goku never ever knows. Hey, what's up, Lord Beerus? Dragon Ball Super, next Saturday at 10.30. Now we can fight each other to see who's stronger. <laughs> this is bad. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. Um, and then finally, we have this week's Adult Swim singles. We are, of course, going for a full year. We started on Memorial Day week, and we're going to go all the way through next Memorial Day. Uh, so we're going to be releasing more than 52 tracks, actually. Uh, this week's track was from uh, Colin Stetson, and the song is called The Rain Like Curses. So we dropped that on Wednesday, uh, and you can get that at adultswim.com singles, as well as all the other previous Adult Swim singles. But let's check out a sample of the Colin Stetson tune. Come back next week and every week, even all through Christmas, we're releasing new songs new every single oh, week. Right, <laughs> For new new songs every week. And we'll be back next week with our favorite of some shit. I don't know what we're talking about next week. but It's uh, Albums of the Year. Yeah, favorite albums of the year. That'll be a fun one. So um, thanks for watching, and please come back next week and watch us talk about music. Indeed. Bye. Tsunami, every Saturday night from 11 to 3.30.